Crystal clear, back in your atmosphere, uh, bringing you more Morgulons. Uh, still talking about worms, of course, strongyloids to be exact. Still pondering what possible explanation could there be for ivermectin, a dewormer, stopping replication of the coronavirus? I don't know. I'll be right back. I'm going to go look on the internet and find out. Uh, Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ivermectin, a systematic review from antiviral effects to COVID-19 complementary regimen, June 12, 2020, published in the Journal of Antibiotics. Ivermectin plays a role in several biological mechanisms. Therefore, it could serve as a potential candidate in the treatment of a wide range of viruses, including COVID-19, as well as other types of positive sense single-stranded RNA viruses. RNA viruses are retroviruses, right? Remember, what was the first retrovirus discovered? The family of HTLV viruses. In vivo studies of animal models revealed a broad range of antiviral effects of ivermectin. However, clinical trials are necessary to appraise the potential efficacy of ivermectin in a clinical setting. Ivermectin, a multifaceted medication. It has been used for several years to treat many infectious diseases in mammals. It has a good safety profile with low adverse effects when orally prescribed. Ivermectin was identified in late 1970s and first approved for animal use in 1981, the year I was born. Its potential use in humans was confirmed a few years later. Subsequently, William C. Campbell and Satoshi Omura, who discovered and developed this medication, received the 2015 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. Studies revealed that ivermectin is a broad-spectrum drug with high lipid solubility. That means that it is soluble in fats. It dissolves in fats. Possesses numerous effects on parasites, nematodes, arthropods, flavivirus, mycobacteria, and mammals through a variety of mechanisms. In addition to having antiparasitic and antiviral effects, this drug also causes immunomodulation in the host. Studies have shown its effect on inhibiting the proliferation of cancer cells, as well as regulating glucose and cholesterol in animals. Despite diverse effects of this medication, many of its underlying mechanisms are not yet known. Of note, some of these effects may be secondary to toxic effects on cells. So it could kill the bad thing by killing the good thing. There's been a history of studies on the virus since... This is now that we're talking about COVID-19, y'all. Since few years ago, as many types of coronaviruses caused simple respiratory tract infections, but SARS-CoV-1 and MERS caused severe respiratory tract illness in infected humans. SARS-CoV-1 is the SARS that they had back in Asia, um, back in the day. Uh, MERS is like a camel, weird camel virus, I believe but people can get it. The decrease in the threat from SARS and MERS led to decreased research activities against this class of viruses, which has led to a lack of preparedness for the new SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. SARS-CoV-2 is COVID-19. This novel virus has paralyzed not only the world's healthcare system, but also the political and economic relations. As a new chapter in human life opens up, the world seems to be divided into two parts, pre and post COVID-19 era. Ain't that the truth? 
Although a few medications have received emergency use authorization for COVID-19 treatment, no proven treatment has been found as yet. A recent in vitro, in vitro means in the lab, in vivo means in real life, study showed that ivermectin was active against COVID-19 infected cell lines. In this study, we summarized the antiviral effects of ivermectin by reviewing available in vivo and in vitro studies over the past 50 years. I'm going to skip the methods and I'm going to go straight to results. The antiviral effects of ivermectin on RNA viruses, COVID-19. In a recent in vitro study, the the cells infected with the SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 virus were exposed to 5 micro mm, micro milliliters maybe? Ivermectin in 48 hours and a 500-fold reduction in viral RNA compared with control was found. The results showed that treatment with ivermectin effectively kills almost all viral viral particles within 48 hours. The study was first to assess the antiviral effect of ivermectin on COVID-19. The authors acknowledged that the drug may have antiviral effects by inhibiting the important IMP alpha-beta receptor, which is responsible for transmitting viral proteins into the host cell nucleus. The authors proposed human studies to confirm the potential benefits of ivermectin in the treatment of COVID-19. Although the study was the first to confirm the antiviral effect of ivermectin on COVID-19, other studies examined the antiviral effects of the drug on both RNA and DNA viruses, which are summarized in Table 1. So the table contains a big, long list of viruses that ivermectin is effective against, thought to be effective against preliminary data suggest uh, Zika, Dengue, Chikungunya, uh, yellow fever. I mean, just lots of RNA viruses, which RNA viruses are the same thing as retroviruses. It has also been shown to be effective in reducing the viral load of HIV-1. So doesn't list HTLV viruses on this, but I wonder... So the conclusion, in this systematic review, we showed antiviral effects of ivermectin on a broad range of RNA and DNA viruses by reviewing all related evidences since 1970. This study presents the possibility that ivermectin could be a useful antiviral agent in several viruses, including those with positive sense single-stranded RNA in similar fashion. Since significant effectiveness of ivermectin is seen in the early stages of infection in experimental studies, it is proposed that ivermectin administration may be effective in the early stages or for prevention. And as promising as this sounds, y'all, let's just take a break right here and say human clinical trials are still needed. One reason is just, you know, what happens in the lab is not necessarily what happens in real life and people that have an infection. Uh, Another thing to think about is that in the lab, when they tested the ivermectin on the, the viruses and cell cultures, the, the, the doses are in the microgram range. The concentration of ivermectin is in the microgram range in the study that showed that it killed COVID. Blood levels of ivermectin at a safe therapeutic dose in humans, safe range, 20 to 80 nanogram per milliliter of blood. So the difference between a nanogram and a microgram is about a thousand, okay? You would divide like one nanogram is equal to 0.001 microgram, meaning it is like, I don't know, I'm not good at math. Thousand times smaller or a whole hell of a lot smaller. Um, so, you know, if safe formulation or, or something can be derived that allow you to administer micrograms of ivermectin without causing toxicity in the patient, if that can be developed, awesome. Would be good to know if it really required micrograms in vivo. That's why we need this human clinical trial. But still impressive. So ivermectin may kill COVID-19, host of other viruses, mainly retroviruses, um, one of which may or may not be HTLV, if that is a co-infection that uh, with strongyloides or some other 
uh, type of parasitic worm combined creates the conditions in which Morgulons arises, which is my pet theory of 2021. And I have yet to find any evidence didn't, that didn't support my theory. But as I have stated before, season one, episode 45, logical fallacies, not being able to disprove something is not proof of something. So, you know, what I would actually need is actual empirical evidence. Like if every single person who listened to this show uh, was a morgie, basically, or most of y'all are morgies, and you guys all went out and donated blood in the United States. Now, I can't say this for the rest of the globe because I don't know what countries uh, test for HTLV in first-time blood donors. But if you were doing it in the United States, they would test you for HTLV. Now, would you come up positive if you had HTLV type 3 or type 4? I don't know. But if there is a blood, t- if the blood test is not specific and it detects all manner of HTLV viruses, no matter the type, and every single one of us with uh, Morgulons tested positive for that, well, then you can bet your fucking bottom dollar that this is a combination of a HTLV virus and a parasitic worm infection. Now, if we all tested negative, then you could say, well, looks like Crystal's wrong and... Uh, and I can assure you, it sure as shit would not be the first time. But it still wouldn't allow you to rule out the worm infection. Now, what if half of us tested positive and half of us didn't? Well, um, I don't know. That makes things more complicated. And life is quite complicated, as it turns out. And full of unexpected twists and turns. Whew. You know, um... Ivermectin is the best drug we have pretty much for strongyloides. And it might be the best drug we have for HTLV. Don't know. Don't, haven't seen the research yet. Don't know if it's been done. But the, the issue is, is that it's, it's not a cure. Uh, it's not 100% effective against uh, these worms. These strongyloides worms. Y'all, I hope I'm wrong about the, the, the worm type. And and I, and maybe I am because, you know, I, I, they don't describe in the literature the Strongyloides stercoralis behaving in the ways that I have seen some of the Morgulon shit go down. Um, and y'all know what I'm talking about if you've got Morgulons out there. Like I was just in the car earlier with Tom, 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 Tom. And like, I just, you know, I got paid recently. I think I've mentioned that about a hundred times, uh, this week, but, (laughs) um, I, I bought like some like, you know, like loungy exercisey clothes and we went to the gym and I, we were on our way back and you know, when I'm on my way back from the gym, I'm like, stop at the market. It's called hood market y'all. Cause it's my hood market and it is very hood. And, um, yes, I live in the rural urban hood. We also almost hit three deer on the way home. Um, Cascade Heights! Sorry, I have to do that sometimes. Anyway, I look down at my new pants, y'all, and I'm wearing sunshine colors. That's what I call it. It's pretty clashy, but I call it sunshine colors. It's like a mauve and an orange, like a mauve top and an orange pant. I look down at my new pumpkin pants, and what do I see? I see this, like, weird... (laughs) like worm shape it looks like a stain almost like it's almost like a stain and it's in the shape of like a little thin you know worm 
It's just sitting there on my on my pants. And then I look down and there's also one on my the cuff of my jacket. They both look like they should be wet, but they're not wet. And they're both glittering a little bit. Like, what the fuck is that shit, man? I mean, I don't know how much research has been done on this strong worm. They say that it took a century to figure out its basic biology. Uh, if y'all want the details, well, get a pen. Because I got a whole long story for you about these strong worms. I mean, if that's what these are, or if this is a new... So, strongyloids are a genus of worm, right? I've learned so much about worms in the past, like, six months. It's, they're incredibly interesting. Incredibly interesting creatures. Thank you, God. I, 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 even though these things suck to have in your body, and apparently they last a lifetime, pretty much, unless you really get rid of them in a rigorous way and make sure they're gone over and over again. <laughs> it's a long road ahead, y'all. That's all right. That's all right. Guess what's longer? My legs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I don't know. A hundred years to figure out the basic biology and... It, nothing has been described uh, about what I've experienced, but what I've experienced is the Morgulons. And I, I don't know how... The, the Morgulons is definitely a parasitic worm and a something else. Or, you know, maybe it's a genetic mutation in the people that get Morgulons. Uh, I don't know. But, but, but it is definitely a worm. And it's like a fierce one, too. Uh, it knows how to trick the immune system and make everything look pretty much normal at one phase of the infection. The, the, the worse, the more chronic and uh, severe stage of, of uh, this worm infection. But at the early stages, the more early stages, you might have acetophilia. And acetophilia just means that, remember we were talking about the white blood cells? There's five different kinds. Well, one of them was lymphocytes, you know. The other, there's another one, uh, and those are the acetophils. And the acetophils are elevated in the blood when you do the CBC with diff. They're, they're elevated typically, could be allergies, but, but highly associated with parasites, parasite infection. Um, so, you know, at some point you might go to the doctor, maybe if it's really early on in your infection, and they might see that acenophilia, aphilia, philia means like love, right? In Greek or, or Latin, philia. So necrophilia, right? It would be like you love the dead. So acenophilias, you love them acenophils, and they're all in your blood. Um, but, you know, somebody like me who I now believe I probably have had a chronic infection that has got, that was exacerbated this past summer by either, uh, like, like uh, catching another worm, or it most likely, I would say, was the corticosteroid therapy, right? When I went going to the uh, good old doc in the box... Never a good idea. Always a waste of money. Learned my lesson that time. Never doing it again. But did get my money back. Still proud of that. And I know I've bragged about that on this show before. But, um, you know, they gave me a shot of, like, they gave me oral prednisone, a steroid. That, those things damp your immune system. And, man, those worms love it. Not only do they uh, go haywire without the immune system giving them any check. They also speed up their life cycle. So they, they, they're, it's like basically their performance enhancing drug. You know, when we take corticosteroids, that gives these worms free reign and they get pumped up and sped up. Uh, so yeah, that, um, I need to like take a break and catch my breath y'all. 
<laughs> uh, stay tuned. I will be back. In this life and in my next life, you know what I'm going to be? I don't either yet. I don't either yet. Maybe a worm?